What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Amanda Bucci. Amanda Bucci is a fitness entrepreneur who has became very popular and kind of blew up in the Instagram and YouTube space. So she is kind of like one of the pioneers of um, somebody who blew up business and just created a massive amount of success um, and somewhat fame in the fitness space based off of social media. So she was one of the first to really do something like that. And as we know, there's a lot of people now who have blown up and built very, very successful businesses on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, so on and so forth. But she started on Instagram basically just documenting her own fitness journey, trying to be her best self. And it just caught like wildfire and just grew and grew and grew. And some point in time, she realized that this was a thing. So she created a business out of it and she took it to the next level. So I'm really excited to bring her on, um, not only because I've always been curious of her story behind the scenes since I've seen her from a distance and I've watched her really, really grow and have such a successful business, but also because she mentors young entrepreneurs in the space, uh, in the fitness space now. So she's teaching others how she grew and how she blew up and how she created the success based off social media, which is really cool for me to watch because this is how I created my success as well. Um, and it's cool because a lot of the same philosophies that she's teaching and she's talking about in this podcast are things that I share with my current mentor clients who are trying to grow their brand in the fitness space as well. So it's really, really cool to talk to her, talk shop and just talk business. So this podcast, we talk a little bit about fitness. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship and we talk a little bit about just life in general and just having a balance. Because I think one thing in common with most successful entrepreneurs is balance is a tough thing. We chase that because everybody needs balance. You need to be happy. You need to be fulfilled with your relationship. You need to be successful and bring in an income. You need to have your body on point. So one thing I always like to gravitate the conversation towards is how are these people finding balance? How are they achieving success in multiple realms of their life? Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. So I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this podcast. Before we get started, I have quick two quick announcements to make. First and foremost, my program, Functional Muscle. I want to give it a quick shout out because I've been getting crazy amount of testimonials, some that I can't even post because they talk about how much better it is compared to Blank's program, which is funny, but it's it's humbling, um, but it's awesome to hear that people are just loving the program, and it, it's better than anything they've done in the past and anything that they've personally put together. I even have some trainers that are using it in order to help them learn how to program better for their clients, so that is really, really humbling when you have other trainers coming forth and, and asking for that same thing. Because I've been getting such great feedback and it has been over a month now that it launched out, I wanted to do a sale because I want to get more people on board. I want to get more people into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, which is only allowed for those who are participating in the program so we can have a community of people who not only listen to the show and the YouTube channel, but also who are invested in the training program as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a discount rate, a discounted rate, an exclusive rate for you guys listening to this podcast right now. So if you click the link in the show notes, it'll go right to Functional Muscle, my training program, and I'm going to knock off 30% of that price. So this is a good opportunity to grab that. I'm only going to do that for this week, and it is March 20th by the time you're hearing this. So you have about five or six days to jump on this deal to get the program. For those of you who don't know, it's a four-day-a-week training program, upper-lower split. Once you get into the Facebook group, you can ask me any question you need regarding how should I set up cardio, how should I space my days out, what should recovery look like, how should I progress 
what does my nutrition need to be like to supplement this program? Like literally anything you need help with along the way, you can ask me. So once again, link in the show notes, Functional Muscle, 30% off this week only. My second quick announcement is just to give my sponsor, Reebok One, a shout out. Reebok is the training gear that I wear for every single training session. In fact, it's what I wear when I'm recording this damn podcast because I'm rocking it head to toe. So if you guys want a discount on Reebok and for the trainers, if you want to join a community where you can not only get a constant and continuous like everyday discount on Reebok gear, but also be part of a community that is making noise in the fitness world, click the link in the show notes, go to ReeboqOne.com. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the conversation with Amanda Bucci. Amanda, welcome to the show. I'm pumped to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be the apparently the youngest person you've had on, which is exciting. <laughs> yep, besides me, the absolute youngest, which is great. So um, I want to start by just kind of going over who you are. For anybody who doesn't know you, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of trainers and entrepreneurs that listen to this. So if they're into YouTube, I'm sure they know a little bit about you. But if not, who is Amanda Bucci in a nutshell? Yeah, so I am currently, I guess I would currently describe myself as an entrepreneurial life coach almost. But if you knew me before and you kind of have been following me for a while, you would assume that I am a fitness influencer. I start, I got my start on Instagram posting and sharing, and that's where I grew my audience mostly. And it was mostly just, you know, talking about my bikini competitions. And I did a powerlifting meet. Um, I did, you know, prep series on YouTube and stuff like that. So I would also be considered a YouTuber. But I'm not trying to get away from that as much as I love YouTube and Instagram. It's just my focus has shifted a little bit, right? So I've grown and I've learned so much about life and business. And it's not even just about life and business. It's an entrepreneurship. It's just about growing as a person. And for me, fitness is like one part of my life now. Whereas before I was talking to my boyfriend about this, and this is a long-winded answer as to who I am. But last night we were just having this conversation. I was like, I can't believe I tracked so many macros so many times every single day. And I put so much energy into thinking about food, into thinking about my training and as great as it is and as optimal as it is to do that and to get to the goal that you want to get to, it's so much decision-making every single day. And there's so much time and energy spent just focusing on that. And when I, you know, realized allocating my energy elsewhere made me feel so much more fulfilled than just focusing on one main thing. I tried to allocate my energy to my relationship, my business, my fit, my, you know, fitness journey, stuff like that, where now I'm trying to teach other people how to build a balanced lifestyle through, you know, obviously building a business and working full time and doing what they love. I love teaching people how to do that because I think it makes the world a better place, but also just living that really fulfilled lifestyle where your day you wake up and your day is like the perfect day you can dream up in your head. So that's what I'm all about now. I love it. And we're going to dig a lot into that. Um, and I, I love how you said you kind of talked about the balance, right? And I think that I always preach there's like four pillars that I like to call it. And there's like your physical body, there's your mindset, your relationships and your business. And everything we do kind of revolves around those. But as soon as we let go of one or we put too much focus in one and lose track of the others, everything kind of crumbles, right? So I love that you went right. down that path. And I want to dig on that. But First, I want to ask you, how did it all start? Like, why YouTube? Why Instagram? What made you think like, oh, I'm going to document all of this shit onto YouTube and, and why that was a good idea to you at the time? 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I kind of call myself an accidental entrepreneur and an accidental influencer just because when I first got started, I never watched YouTube before I made my first YouTube video. I didn't know that YouTubers were a thing. Um, I didn't go on Instagram to start building a business. I did not, you know, that wasn't my intention when I started. My intention was just to, you know, post about my fitness journey and find really find the tribe and community that I was like really searching for. I didn't have a people in my real life that were as I guess, uh, obsessed with fitness as I was. So I wanted to share everything on Instagram and I made my Instagram private at first, which is really funny. Um, I came across a post the other day and it was a post that I made on my other Instagram. It was like the personal one that I had. And then I made the fitness one, which is the one that I have now. And the other one, I made a post, it was a meme with Leonardo DiCaprio and he had his like little glass from, um, the great Gatsby movie. And he was like, and the meme said, don't worry, haters, there's more coming or something like that. Because <laughs> the, the idea behind my, like in my head, I was getting criticized a little bit for just being a little too over obsessed with fitness when I was in college and my peers, you know, it wasn't cool to stay in on Friday night to not go to the party and then go to the gym early in the morning so you can get to work and, you know, get your shit done for college and, get, you know, get on your fitness journey. And I was just right. obsessed with it. So I started on Instagram to find that tribe and community of people that were like me. And once I kind of started getting validated a little bit and from other people that weren't in my current network, there was, you know, a couple thousand people started following me like two or three. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to make it on private now. And I, you know, it was just openly sharing my fitness journey at that point, totally on Instagram. Um, I ended up getting around 25, 30,000 followers by the time I graduated college. And that was like a year and a half or so which was, you know, crazy for me. Like people yeah. in college were like, oh, wow, it's actually surrounding to something. Like it was, it was not really something I ever really expected, but I was just posting every single day and sharing my journey and sharing my thought process and sharing my struggles and teaching people things. And, you know, talking about my school and nursing and I was in, I got my, I got my nursing degree. So I was sharing all this stuff, which now in retrospect, looking back was all things that kind of, I did them the right way by accident. I was sharing authentically. I was sharing my story. I was taking people on a journey with me and I was teaching things. I was, you know, utilizing all of the characters in the caption. I still write long captions to this day. Yeah. And I wrote them four years ago too. I was utilizing everything to teach people things. And that was before Instagram stories was created. And that's before I started my YouTube channel. That's why I started the YouTube channel. I wanted a space to talk and share more of my knowledge and everything that I was learning and teach people things. So Another accidental correct thing that I did was start on YouTube by just making informational videos, things that people were looking for. This is what I teach people to do now if they're first getting started on YouTube and say, you have to kind of start building your authority and, you know, getting people to know you through making things that people are searching for. So full day of eating videos and prep videos and training and all that stuff. And, you know, I wasn't really taking it seriously. It was just like, I need a space to talk about this stuff because I love it. And I remember meeting a couple of people in the industry who were YouTubers. And I was like, holy shit, this is, a, this is something people do for a living. Like, what, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't right. understand. I was still very much so planning on becoming a nurse because I graduated with my nursing degree in May of 2015. I moved to Los Angeles and I like got an internship. I was, you know, still going to do it. And then by the time 
the state of California gave me my papers back to say, hey, Amanda, you can finally take your exam now. I'm over here twiddling my thumbs trying to study when I'm you know, doing a competition prep, starting my YouTube channel. I have a couple of fitness coaching clients. I got my first sponsorship. I have like 40,000 Instagram followers over here. And I'm like, this is a, a thing, you know, like this is happening. And I'm over here with, okay, I have to take the exam now you know, let's do it. So I crammed, I studied, I went to Starbucks because my apartment was like really shitty and small. The first apartment that I had in LA, it's expensive here. So I went to Starbucks, I studied every single day and I took the exam. I like thought I crushed it and I failed it like miserably. <laughs> so that was, that was a big turning point for me. And I had to decide whether or not I was going to go all in on, you know, nursing and continue doing that path, that career path. And I would have had to continue to study and cram for it. And I was actually not happy. I was kind of miserable during the whole cram session. And then, you know, I would spend all day editing YouTube videos. And then by the time it was 10 o'clock at night, I'd be like, shit, I have to study now. Like I should do some practice questions. And to me, that was my, you know, almost deciding factor after a couple of weeks of like really mulling it over, I decided, you know what, the only thing stopping me from making this really amazing because I had made, you know, a full-time living, you know, I, I was able to pay my bills in LA doing just that, just yeah. YouTube, Instagram sponsorship and fitness coaching. I had like 30, 40 clients or something like that. It was great. And I was like, the only thing stopping me from making this like massive is time, time that I was giving to this other thing. And I ended up just going all in on it. And then I, you know, went from 6,000 to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers in six months, just making videos every single day, sharing my journey, talking about fitness stuff, sharing my prep story. And that's where a lot of my audience came from. And I was just being honest. I was being myself. Um, I don't know how, you know, people have this like persona online that they're not in person. Cause I don't know how to be fake. I'm just myself. <laughs> and I think my transparency and my honesty and my authenticity always was that grounding factor of my brand. Looking back in retrospect, I was just always honest. And I spoke really, really frankly about things. I shared about things that a lot of people maybe weren't talking about. And I think that's where my audience just kind of like stuck with me. And even though, you know, new people coming in now that are just finding me, I still keep that. Like I still keep that authentic, authentic voice. Like my online authentic voice is pretty similar to just my regular life voice that I talk, you know, to a best friend or my boyfriend or whatever. So, you know, moving forward, I was doing really well doing the YouTube, Instagram and fitness coaching thing. And I ended up taking a little bit of a backseat from just the extremes of competing. I competed for three years and I was like, you know, I'm going to do a little bit less fitness, but I also, you know, that was my whole life. I was, I made videos every day. I went to the gym and I, that, that was it. Like I had sponsorships and I had fitness coaching clients. And I was like, I feel kind of unfulfilled here. I feel a little bit like there's gotta be more. And you know, there's people on YouTube asking like, are you going to make YouTube videos forever? Like, what are you going to do in the future? Yeah. You know, what happens if YouTube dies and how do you scale it? Yeah. How do you scale? I didn't even know about scaling. Like this was not me being like an entrepreneur. Like how do right. I scale this business? I was like, I don't know what's like, <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. I couldn't, yeah it because I never heard of it before. So online business, entrepreneurship, scaling your business, all that stuff. So I joined a mastermind with Lewis House um, about a year and a half ago now. And that to me opened up so many doors because it was just like, holy crap, there's so many things you can do. Podcasts, um, grow your email list, build online courses, like teach people how to do what you do. And 
to me, I just fucking went for it. Like very quickly, I grew a couple of different products and I scaled them really quickly. Um, so I, I scaled really quickly with doing just a couple of products that were a little bit of a higher price. I got a little like flack from my audience for being like, why are you doing this transition thing? And now you're just trying to make money and you're just teaching people about business. So when you kind of have an audience that isn't just full of entrepreneurs, it's, it's difficult to yeah. tell them like, okay, here's, here's what this means. Here's why businesses are important and here's how they actually help people. And it's not just about growing an income and taking people's money and manipulating people. It's about really making a change and solving a problem in someone's life and really helping them feel fulfilled. So that's what I've been doing for the last year or so. And it's just been, it's been a really cool transition. It's been not that I'm leaving fitness behind, but it's only a slice of the pie now, right? It's only a starter to the conversation. It's only, um, it's something that keeps me grounded. It's something that makes me feel happy and alive and in flow because I get to keep my health up. Right. But, um, what I like to teach and what I like to share about now is more just the holistic view of what a fulfilled life looks like. And for a lot of people, they're not fulfilled in their work on their 40 hours a week, their day to day, you know, that's a good chunk of your life. And, and to me, I'm so passionate about helping other people build businesses because it, that's what saved me. That's what makes me feel so fulfilled every single day. I get to wake up and do what I love. And I know so many people that are interested in having that feeling of, you know, feeling fulfilled in what they're doing every single day makes them a happier person. It makes them want to connect to people more. It, want, it makes them want to read more books and, and listen to more podcasts and grow themselves personally and be, a better, like, be better in their relationship. And all of these things stem from working for yourself, I think personally, because that's exactly what happened to me. So that's where we are today. Perfect. So one thing I want to ask you or what advice you would have is then how to go about it for people who are just starting, who are trying to get into social media and trying to grow their business. Cause a lot of people go into it with the mindset of I'm going to do this for business. And I have, I have a similar thought as you is like, I was always a writer and a blogger. One of my first mentors was like, dude, you need to get on Instagram. And I was like, well, why? And he was like, it's like a blog that you can do every day. So I started and people know me, my captions are super fucking long too. And it's the same yes. reason I love writing. I love <laughs> teaching lessons. I love doing that stuff. Um, and I've always just had the approach of like, well, I'm just going to give as much free shit as I can and sooner or later it'll pay off. And it did pay off and it's continuing to pay off. And I think a lot of people have trouble grasping that of like, Hey, in like the whole Gary Vee thing, like just grind for free for a long time and shit will work out. People have a hard time coping with that. So like what advice can you give people of why they should do that? Yeah. I think this is like such a good question. Cause it's almost like, people don't feel like they need to do the legwork or, or, you know, they feel like they could go faster if they just did this one thing. So it's almost like, okay, what if I want to start on Instagram in order to grow my business? I don't really have any interest in just posting every single day just for, you know, free for fun. I want to make a living out of this. So let me get on Instagram and let me get on social and let me, you know, try to do this thing. And they go about it all wrong. And that's where I think the the little misconception is, is that when you start doing things authentically forgiving, that's what really builds trust in your audience. And then when you start doing things just for money, you know, Instagram is a connection app. It's not necessarily a selling app. It's you grow and you build trust and connection there and in your email. And, you know, sometimes on Instagram too, I would say a smaller percentage for sure. You're, you know, selling something, you're talking about a product or a course or anything like that. But that's not the place to go to like just sell something. 
It's yeah. the place to entertain people, to teach people and to build connection with people so they can really get to know you. So I think when you're trying to just get on for just business and you want to go really fast and scale your business quickly, you start talking a little bit too much about, you know, you're teaching a lot of things and you're giving a lot of value, but you're not trying to be this like authentic, vulnerable, um, in alignment, sharing things that you don't think you necessarily should be sharing as a business person because you're making a business account. So you should right. be professional. I'm like <laughs> doing air quotes. You guys can't see, but I think, I think the disconnect there is that people, yeah, they, they find you for information and you're like, that's helpful, but they don't know you. They don't like you. They don't care about you. They hear your voice they listen to what you have to say. Nice. It's valuable. That's great. Maybe you're a really great writer and they love your writing, or maybe you're really great on video and they love hearing you talk, or maybe you're really good looking and they like watching your, you know, take like your pictures that you take of yourself with your shirt off or whatever. And <laughs> again, they don't know you. So you can grow a following and you can build a business from just doing the bare minimum without taking the time to give just value, 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 give yourself, show up as you fully yourself, show up as you know, the authentic like person that's, that your best friends know you as. I always kind of teach people, try to transfer your personality and the brightest parts of your personality and make them your Instagram account. Your photos, your videos should reflect the highest parts of you. Your um, captions and your Instagram stories should be as authentic as you would be with a best friend. And if you feel like you just have to be a business person, you kind of miss out on all that. And that's where I feel like vloggers and um, bloggers and people that really just like start with connecting with their audience do really well when they're like, all right, I'm going to build a business now because they already have that. Yeah. So when you're just getting on just for business, you have to also think about that. So it's a really fine balance of mentorship content. So content that's going to be teaching people something, content that's going to be relating to people and getting them to say, oh my God, me too. Whether that's just like, I have a dog too, or I'm in a relationship too, or I like that kind of music too, or anything that's a human thing. It's just, it's not a business thing. It's just a human thing. Um, personal experiences, personal opinions. These are all things that connect humans to each other. And the algorithm is about human behavior and connection is about human behavior, not just, I hope they buy this thing because I'm solving their problem. Right. And I think it's even more important to follow that when it's an online business, right? Like I always yes. tell people, if you have a retail location or, or a gym location and somebody finds you on Groupon and they walk in, like you're in their town, they see people they know, like there's already that form of trust but if you're some random person on Instagram asking them to coach with you, like, why are they going to coach with you? And if they can yeah. look back and they've followed you, most people, and I don't know if you share the same, most people that hire me have been following me for so long and soaking up so much content because yes. now they know me. So they actually trust oh, yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I feel like people that end up working with me say, I've watched your journey. I've watched you grow. I've been following you since the beginning. Maybe a couple people have followed me that are like newer but I wouldn't say too many. I think it takes a good bit of time for people to finally feel like, okay, I can trust this person. And when you get on for the first time and you're first getting started, you have to, you have to trusting, building trust should be your main priority. It shouldn't be just selling your product. Yes, of course you want to make an income quickly and you want to you know, scale your business fast, but building trust should be your main priority. And that comes with being open, being vulnerable, um, and then giving away a ton of free content. So what got you excited about business? Because now that you're talking, I see that that's like a really, and this is something that I've been, I mean, for the last couple of years has really not consumed me, but 
it's fun and it's really exciting to market your brand and build your brand and, and grow your reach and do all that stuff. Um, and it's kind of, it's not pulling me away from fitness at all because fitness is my business, but it definitely puts a different feel to everything I do. Yeah. Like what got you on that train and what got you so fired up about all this? I love this question. So I have a good example to kind of compare it to. I like to compare business and fitness a lot because I think it just makes a lot of sense. So yeah. do you remember the first time you realized that you can manipulate macros and your training to change your body? 100%. And you were like, holy shit, this is so fun. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm going to keep going with this. This is so cool. I can't wait to experiment with carb cycling and diet breaks and this kind of training and this kind of cardio. And I'm going to track all my stuff and see my pro. I feel like that's what with business too. So it's almost with my business that I built before, it was all kind of on accident. And I was like, I'm just being me and it's great. And it wasn't really a strategy and there weren't like strategies and systems and team members and all these things to follow. It was just me being me. And it, it was kind of just, you know, if, if you were a fitness person and then you have a really good metabolism and you're like, this just happened on accident and they're not really passionate about it. Yeah. It's almost like with business, I joined that mastermind and I saw all these people doing this course and this email funnel and this thing and um, what else? Webinars and like all these fun things. And I was like, whoa, I can do all this. Like, that's cool. And I can, I can scale this times three, times five, times 10, if I just implement these small tweaks and like hire this person and then make this thing and then create this kind of program and get this kind of result. And then I have to, you know, then you have to think about your customer journey and then your customer maintenance and support and then coaching. So you have to like figure out the best strategies to make sure that your customers feel supported and then ensure that you have the good system to make sure you're still putting out good content and all of these things. It's such a fun challenge. And to me, I think learning things. I'm a student of life. I love to learn. I love to grow. And I think it's so freaking cool to see something that you have done and something that you've implemented and something that you've learned and you're trying and you're testing and then seeing it pay off and seeing it work. I think that's like what fulfills me in life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels just really fulfilling. Um, not only does it, you know, the people that you actually are helping and how many amazing things that they say to you and you've changed my life. I have this one client who's a business client of mine. And she's been following me since my prep series. And she's like, you have no idea. You helped me lose 80 pounds. And now you're helping me have my dream life because she's a business client of mine. Like not only did I help her lose weight from my fitness journey, and then she followed me and joined my program, but she also is now, you know, completely changed her life and her mindset around money, her mindset around coaching people. She's, you know, making completely a full-time income. I think she's at like 10 K a month, at least with her coaching business right now. And it's like, it's, that's really cool to me. Yeah. And I think it's, um, another interesting side of it. Like another variable is that, it's almost like me personally, I did kind of grow on accident. Like I had all the right things. Like I was really on trend. I did bikini competitions. Like I posted about my body, like all these things. And I find it really interesting to show other people things that I'm like, okay, here's the strategy you implement it. And let me see if it works for you. It's kind of like when you have a fitness client for the first time and you're like, I haven't done this with anybody else. I know it works for me, but let's see if we can do it with you. And then when you do it with somebody else and you show them how to create this thing for themselves and they get the results, it's, it's that much more fulfilling to you to show someone else how to do it rather than just you doing it with yourself. It's just, it's, it's life altering, just like weight loss is, but on a completely different level. And I totally agree. Mm. And I almost even, and 
part of me thinks this sounds bad because it's not a joke, but like I almost look at it like a game because the same way you are, right? And I actually told, we went to a, like a celebratory, celebratory dinner. My fiance just went on maternity leave the other week and I had a really big month of just different projects we were launching and stuff. So we went and celebrated and she was asking me my motive and I was like, it's a game because you practice, you try new things, you implement new things, you lose a lot of games, but then you win a lot and, and it pays off and then you learn how to be better the next game. So, and that's something I wanted to point out because you just talked about all these different funnels and mentors, coach programs and all these things. Has there been a lot of things that didn't work and struggles along the way of like, you have this aha moment of like, like I remember when I first found out what ClickFunnels was and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a game changer. And then I made a ClickFunnels and it was horrible and it didn't work whatsoever. <laughs> right. And then I was like, okay, instead, but, and I invested money, time, I hired people, but then you have to look at it like, okay, that's a massive lesson. Why didn't it work? Let's reverse engineer this and do it again. Like, have you right. experienced a lot of that? Um, so I haven't necessarily experienced too much of that. And I think the reason behind it is that I'm not afraid to invest in my business and myself. And, um, for me, it was almost just like, once I learned that all these things existed, I was just like, let me, you know, hire people that are good at it. And that's right. the way that things are going to actually run smoothly. Because the other side of the coin was over here, I am making three videos a week on YouTube. And I have since gone down to like maybe one, which is just, you know, funny because before that was the only thing that I did. So I'm over here trying to keep up with all of that. And there's almost like I have this thing to keep up with this other machine running over here. And I'm like, okay, I want to build a machine. Um, let me make sure that I get the best people on board. So there was a couple of things that I did wrong in the beginning. Like I kept an employee on for way too long because I felt bad. And, you know, he made me feel bad about his family situation and our communication sucked. So communicating with employees and hiring people, that was definitely something that I struggled with in the beginning. It was, it was one of those things where I, I'm one of those leaders that I feel bad saying someone's doing something wrong. So I don't say anything. And then I feel resentful and I've since gotten over that. And that's one of those new struggles you have to learn as you're, you know, leveling up and breaking past those barriers of like, okay, now I have to hire someone. Now I have to build a team now. Okay. I have to have a, a company culture now. Like what is, what do I do with that? What does that even mean? So it's a lot of just barriers to break through and yes, you might mess up and yes, you might do things wrong. But it's, yeah, it's a fun game. It's a fun challenge. And um, of course, there's going to be things that aren't going to go as optimally as you would like them to. And there's been plenty of things that haven't gone that way for me. And I think a lot of it um, on my end is more so just presenting what I have to an audience that, you know, over the last year and a half, they've since gotten used to the fact that I've been talking about business and entrepreneurship and life fulfillment more than before. It was just lap pull downs and booty workouts and whatever. So th that transition has been for me, one of the more difficult things rather than just messing up on tactics and strategies. Um, it's just been explaining to people like why, and because I've been so honest and transparent, people expect me to be honest and transparent about my business decisions, the things that I'm doing, why I'm doing them. Cause I'm, you know, five, six videos a week, like you're spending every single day with, with me in the morning or, you know, on your cardio sessions or whatever. And I'm just being honest and transparent about everything I did with fitness. And it's almost like, I was like, okay, now I have to do this with my business. Like, but do I, and then there's like marketing. And then you're like, do I teach people why I'm doing this thing? And that was definitely a little, a little bit of a, a fuzzy line for me. But again, I always just kind of come back to honesty and transparency is the best policy. So 
I do like to teach people and I have a little less time to do it now, which is, which is funny. So I'm spending more time in my business and less time um, on YouTube, but that's why I have my podcast now, right? Like I like to share other people's stories. I like to teach on my own as well. And I do have, you know, I do make videos and here and there now just about business and entrepreneurship stuff. But um, again, I, the best thing that I ever did this year was sit down and make a video of like, okay, here are all the rumors and misconceptions about my businesses and why people think these things. And you have to kind of just stay transparent and honest when that's been what you've done for a long time. So let's get into the personal side of things. And you, I I mean, you talk a lot about like self-development and personal health and stuff. What point did it kind of switch for you? Um, I know I did a physique competition. So similar to you, like that's actually when I got really into macros and nutrition coaching, all that stuff. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever until I fell off afterwards. And then I was like, okay, like what's the purpose behind all this? And like, why do I actually want to be fit and healthy? Um, And that changed a lot for me. Do you have a similar story? Like what made it click for you? And why are you kind of going down the path of like fitness is more than just booty workouts and lap pull downs? (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. I feel like we have like the same you know, trajectory almost. So yeah, it was almost like after those competitions, I had a really tough prep. Like a couple of times, I I actually took a screenshot of something on my phone that came up on my Facebook memories. Mm -hmm. And it was three years ago or so, maybe it was, it was probably um, right after my second bikini competition ever. I did eight of them and I was doing a reverse diet and I was like, 2000 calories a day, no cardio. I'm, I'm 118 pounds. I weigh 131 or 33 now. And I got up to 139 at one point. And I was like, no cardio, 118 pounds, 2000 calories a day. I'm ready to start my prep. And I look at that photo and I'm like, you should have stopped there, bitch. Like, why did you keep going? Because <laughs> <laughs> after that, it was almost just like my metabolism kept down regulating like really quickly mm-hmm. after all the preps. And I ended up eating like my last competition, I was eating like I don't know, a thousand calories a day. And I was doing diet breaks and refeed days and stuff like that. But like my body was just fucked up. It was not, it was not a good prep. Like I was tired all the time. I would do my morning cardio and then I would take a nap. And all I had to do was make YouTube videos, but I literally had no brain power to do anything else. I was like, I can't start a new project right now. I'm prepping. Like I'm tired. All I feel is tired. All I feel is fatigue. Um, you know, stomach problem, like all these things that girls go through. I didn't have my period for a while and like all these things. And, and then, um, after my last competition, I was like, okay, I'm not doing competitions anymore. I'm really burnt out. The normal thing happened where I like over ate and I went on trips and I just kept eating. And it was almost just like your, your body's not at homeostasis. So your mind doesn't feel okay with eating just a normal amount. It feels like it has to catch up. And like, when you're, when you're not at homeostasis, catching up isn't just one day of eating higher calories. It means like months of your body getting its metabolism and its energy and hormones back to normal. So you're just constantly eating. So I gained 20 pounds in three months and I was like the heaviest I've ever been. I think my whole life I've maintained right around like 120 and I was, I got up to like 140 and that was like terrible for me. I felt like crap. I was fatigued. I was tired. Um, I made the most out of it because I didn't want to be that person, that girl that was like, I'm fat now. And then, you know, other people who weigh more than me and who look, you know, who have more fat on their body than I do are looking at me who has a big platform and me saying that I feel that way makes them feel bad. And I never wanted to be that person. Um, I did do a powerlifting meet, which was really fun for me. I was able to, you know, take that extra food and put it to good use. And I got really strong and that was really fun. Then I got the flu and then, um, you know, powerlifting meets too are as fun as they are. 
it was another extreme. Like my yeah. body was tired. The second week before powerlifting meet is like shit. It's almost the same as a bikini competition where you're just tired and your central nervous system is just like shutting zapped. down. Yeah. yeah, you feel zapped. So I was just sick of feeling like that, to be honest. And then when I started getting into the business stuff more, I noticed how much I needed my brain power. And with YouTube videos and making YouTube videos and coaching people, it's almost just like the brain power. It didn't really need a lot of it. So I was like, I can utilize all of my energy just for fitness. And now I'm over here where I have this energy bank. And I noticed that, you know, my team's energy is lower. I have a boyfriend now and before I didn't. And like, if my energy is lower, his energy is lower. Um, the way that I show up affects other people. The way that my energy is, if it's lower, it's, it's affecting everybody around me. It's affecting my life. And it's affecting the way that I get to do my job basically. And like, I'm coaching people to build their businesses now. So I can't have shitty energy from waking up too early doing cardio. You know, it's not that bad. And I think in my head, you know, when you're, when you're dieting and when you're doing that, it's really not that bad until you get to the extreme level, but I don't really want to ever go there again. Like I want to have a consistent stream of energy. I want it to be controlled. Um, I want to eat healthy food. I've been living like a plant-based lifestyle now where I'm eating mostly vegetables and fruits and potatoes and like mostly carbs, which is great for me because I was like super low carb on my whole entire prep <laughs> eating like 50 freaking carbs a day. Um, ridiculous. I don't know how I did that. And <laughs> you know, with the plant-based thing, I get to like nourish my body with all yeah. these great foods all day. Um, and I get to just have a constant stream of really great energy. And I totally notice when I'm off my fitness and health game that it affects my business and my energy in just regular life. So it's a huge priority to me to keep up with doing some sort of cardio a couple times a week. I need to do cardio a couple times a week, whether that's just a high intensity session with like my, I have a trainer that I do a little cardio with because when I was um, a kid in middle school, I had exercise induced asthma and I have terrible experiences of high intensity cardio. So I would always like separate my cardio and my training during preps. And I never did the plyos and combining them with like hit right. workouts. And now I love doing that. And um, I like to be strong still. So I want to make sure that I'm at least squatting and deadlifting once a week each. Just I don't have to be doing 200 pounds. Like I do like 135, couple five sets of five. And like, that's good enough for me just because I want to keep up with some sort of strength. And I want right. to keep up with, you know, hypertrophy and keeping up with it and keeping up with maintaining the way that I look right now. Like I finally feel good in my body. I lost 10 pounds last year just to get that extra weight off that made me feel yucky and tired and gross. Um, I know I feel really normal now and it's, it, I, I haven't felt normal in years, years. It's been like four years where I felt happy, normal, regular, normal amount of energy and energy is everything to me. And I, like, as an entrepreneur, you have to protect your money, your time and your energy. And if your energy sucks, um, whether you're burnt out from just working too much, you're a workaholic, you haven't taken a day off or you haven't gone to the gym, your business suffers and your mm -hmm. life suffers. So that's where I'm kind of at with fitness right now. That's so huge. I think it's all just self-awareness, right? Like a lot of people go through what you went through and think it's normal because I mean, media and, and just living that way for so long, even though your body's giving you all these signals, like, Hey, you should probably fucking stop this. You're just I'm like, like this yep, is I know my body feels that way. I'm going to fix it with taking a nap or like, right. Yeah. And it's like, in my body or something. And you have to become self-aware to, 
I guess, understand what it's supposed to feel like. So now that you're at that place where you actually, you're noticing, and a lot of people, when I start coaching with them, and this is why I do track macros, and this is why I do have people track their sleep and stuff like that at first, because yes. it teaches them self-awareness, right? And then they get to a point where they're like, holy shit, I didn't even know what this felt like. So yes, I agree. what, ad- what I advice do you have? And like, how did you really build that self-awareness? Or how do you keep practicing that self-awareness to make sure you're on point? Yeah, I think what you said about just having the the awareness, number one, of like what it's like to track your food. And I think eating intuitively and intuitively being self-aware of your like how your energy is at its highest state is not easy for most people because they're so used to being in a negative environment with food and fitness. And, you know, maybe they're just constantly surrounded by people that go out to get pizza for lunch every single day at work. Or maybe there's just candy in their office and they have it. All these things that are burned into most people's skulls about what normal life and normal intuitive eating is, is not the best for them. It's not healthy. And that's why people hire fitness coaches so they can Mm -hmm. finally get healthy for the first time in their lives. Right. So I think tracking macros and tracking your sleep and tracking your cardio will give you a lot of self-awareness. Like I can eat intuitively now easily because I did track them for like three years and you don't have to track for three years, but, um, you know, I also think any kind of extreme could turn negative too, right? So some people get obsessive and some people have obsessive personalities and you got to be careful of that. Um, But I think at least knowing, okay, this food makes me feel like this. This amount of food makes me feel bloated or too full, or I feel like really heavy the next day after I eat this kind of thing, or my stomach feels a little funny, or, you know, doing this kind of cardio every single day makes me feel euphoric afterwards. Just noticing those things. And I think tracking them is helpful because when you write things down, it's, it, it burns in your mind every single day rather than just like, Oh, that felt nice. I would like to do it again. And then that's not good enough. That's not a good enough stick factor. The stick factor is when you finally feel the results from it. So when you track your macros and you do your cardio for six to eight to 12 to 16 weeks at a time, and you really see the results that you're looking for, it's not going to come in three or four weeks. Um, So I think just being really intentional about setting some sort of goal. Like for me this year, um, it was January 1st. And I was like, I've been kind of off. I feel like my energy's off. I don't feel excited about fitness anymore. And for me, setting the goal of like, I want to lose four pounds. I didn't lose four pounds, but I finally got my excitement back. I lost two. (laughs) And then I was like, all right, that's enough. Like, I'm fine. You know, the goal was to get my excitement and my passion back for health and fitness and for training. And that's exactly what I did. But it was about setting that goal and having that thing to work towards. It was specific. It was measurable. I was going to have a a time that I was like ending, which was, you know, right around now. But now I have that self-awareness to know, like, if I do this, this, and this, I feel amazing. I feel healthy. I feel, you know, kind of lean. I feel good in my body. I feel strong. I feel um, athletic. And it just makes me feel energetic throughout the day. And, you know, you have to really figure out what you want too. like, you want to make sure that you understand like your energy is everything and you're going to feel amazing if you do certain things. And then you also want to feel like confident in your clothes and you want to feel strong in the gym and you want all these things. You have to be really self-aware and just be intentional about being aware of what you want and how you're going to get there. Do you, do you practice any uh, like affirmations or anything along those lines? Because I think a lot of people, like you just said, like you feel good, you feel strong, you feel energetic, you feel lean. A lot of people just don't even 
I don't know if they're not okay with it or what, but they just don't even recognize it. And I'm a big believer. Like I'm, I have a really strict morning routine for myself to just do my own thing, not talk to anybody. And one yeah. of them is like, I write a self affirmation lately. It's been, I'm going to be a great father. Cause that's just like, I need to beat that in my head. <laughs> I write it every single morning. <laughs> I but, love that. And, and it's one of those things too. Like everybody keeps telling me how like great of a father would be, but it's like, I need to believe that. Right. So I was like, yeah. I'm going to be aware enough to, I'm going to write this and burn it into my head. But I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, the updates, they'll send you an update and they're like, oh, I feel lethargic, feel blood. And you're like, you look great. Like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you ever yeah, have you any? Like make shit up in your head almost. It's like an illusion. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like the affirmations thing. Cause a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people don't do affirmations cause they don't believe them, but you don't have to believe them. It's that, it, that will help you believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's the pathway to you believing it. That's the point. Um, I think for me, I I have a journal where I just write down. um, I I used to have a journal that I followed and now I just kind of like free writing, but I write down um, distractions and tensions just to like get them on paper. Like I'm distracted by this and this is my tension. And then I go through a process of like, okay, this is what I'm grateful for. So moving me away from the distractions and the tensions and then affirmations are I usually end up just going back to I will be my highest self today like like if I were to act as my best self what would that look like today right um and then I have a top three um most important actions for the day because I think if you have more than three things to complete for the day you have a lot of tasks and you have a long ass to-do list but what are the most three important things but the, and the reason I like that too uh, is if you wrote five things instead of three, because today you're just going to put five and let's say you got four, you still beat your three, but mentally you failed because that's not five. Right. Totally. And that's huge. Yeah. Even if it's like one or two, like mm-hmm. I have three because I work full time for myself. So maybe if you, you work full time doing a nine to five and then you want to work on your side hustle, give yourself one or two. So you don't feel bad. Right. And then, you know, I move on to just, maybe I write something that's just kind of in my head, a thought that's circulating an inspirational, you know, whatever I'm, whatever I'm feeling that day. Um, I like to just kind of free write. So I love the affirmation thing and just say, I, like, if I were to act as my highest self today, what would that look like? And then you set your intention for the day. So how did you get into journaling? Cause I, I recommend journaling to everybody. And I started with something else I bought and then that got me in the habit. And now I free write too, because I think it's, there's a lot of power in like having my own control over it. Yeah. Um, but how did you first get into it? And what, I mean, what advice do you have people for people that need to get into that kind of thing? Yeah. So I think, um, I think you don't really get into it until you have that sense of urgency. Like I fucking need something right now. Right. So for me, that was when I was on prep. And I knew that I'm sure you've talked about this with your clients too. cortisol, the hormone cortisol, your stress increases, your cortisol increases, mm-hmm. and then your fat loss stops. Yeah. <laughs> it does not help you lose fat at all. So for me, that was enough to say, okay, if I'm stressed, my cortisol goes up, my prep does not work anymore. I can't lose fat. I have to do something about it. I can't drink. I can't overeat. Um, I can't cope in any other you know, negative way that's going to add more inflammation and stress on my body. I have to figure something else out, right? So I started journaling and meditating. And that, you know, that's like probably the one thing, if I would say the extreme of prep taught me was to cope with stress in a way that actually relaxed my body, not made not like a external coping mechanism. I internally had to decrease my stress, not externally. So I started just writing down my thoughts. Like I love, I love writing like you, like writing is really releasing to me. And when your brain is moving really quickly, um, you know, maybe you're really stressed and you have that sense of urgency, your brain is moving really fast. And the only thing that's going to allow you to slow it down is 
you. So you have to forcefully be intentional about, okay, let me figure out how to slow down. And for a lot of people, meditating is tough because you like it, it'll talk you through a meditation if you're doing a guided one with an app or something. And it says, okay, you're probably not paying attention and then your brain wandered off and then your thoughts went to a different place or whatever. Just bring it back and keep pulling it back. And it's really tough when you're not in like a consistent state of meditation and you're consistently peaceful. Like for me, that's always kind of a struggle, like making sure that I feel peaceful every single day. And if I don't do my morning routine, my brain moves really fast. So for me, journaling was a faster way for me to slow my brain down rather than listen to just the meditation and like get frustrated with my mind wandering off, even though it would tell you like your mind's wandering off, just bring it back. And I'd be like, great, but it's still wandering. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I kind of started journaling more. And it's so hard for fitness people because everything is like, Yes. push, push, push. And it's like, okay, calm down. And you're like, I'm trying to meditate so hard right now. And it's like, don't do that. <laughs> like, well, chill I, out. I also have a, um, a meditation that I like to do that's like in my control rather than the app. So I like to do just 10 deep breaths. And then I like to visualize myself going through the day. And to me, that's like, I mentally overcome the battles that I'm going to face during the day. So if I don't do this every single day and I need to, but if I'm visualizing like, okay, I have to do a podcast interview this morning with Cody. And then I have another one with myself later. And then I have to go to the gym. And then I'm probably going to feel stressed right here because it's going to be a short time period. So let me like visualize that happening. I've already overcome that struggle in my head. So by the time it actually happens, it's not that bad. I like that. And then I'll do a gratefulness, um, gratitude, just I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. And then I'll do 10 more breaths and then that's it. So I'm in control of it. And it, it's almost like my mind can't really wander off because it's me doing it, not listening to it, another thing. And it's so simple. That's what I love about it. And I think yeah. a lot of people, it's almost too simple that they're like, oh, that's cheesy. It's not going to work. And it's like, no, like a lot of these very successful entrepreneurs, even people like Tony Robbins, some of the stuff he does, it's like those little tiny cheesy things. And you're like, well, fuck, I mean, it's obviously working, right? Yeah. Um, so that's huge. So let's dig into your morning routine because I always, I'm always interested to hear And it seems like most successful entrepreneurs have a pretty specific morning routine. So kind of run us through your morning. Yeah. So if I have my perfect morning, which doesn't happen every single morning, it should. Um, Brian and I, my boyfriend and I recently got a puppy four months ago. So he is our morning routine now. (laughs) Yes. But it's kind of nice. So um, in the beginning, it was like a little stressful because we're like, okay, our morning routine is now focused on, you know, another being and it's going to be for you too when you have your child. So yep. it's going to focus on your baby, but it'll, it'll kind of like work itself into your day. So we now, we used to wake up around 6, 45, 7, and now it's like 6, 6, 15. And we get up, he wakes us up right away at six o'clock. He sleeps in our bed. Um, he sleeps throughout the night now, which is nice. And he used to like get up in the middle of the night before. And I was like, dog, oh my God. But um, he'll get up right at six and we'll get up, he'll jump out of bed. He has to go to the bathroom right away. So a lot of the morning routine is just like feeding him, taking him to the bathroom, and then we go for a walk. And I love the morning walk. Like we all go together and I get to get fresh air and it's really, really nice. And I, get to, and I, don't, I don't take my phone or anything with me. Um, try to keep my phone in the apartment and not look at it in the morning. I recently, actually yesterday, I deleted the Instagram app for the day, just like you know, sometimes you are noticing that you're scrolling way too much and you're just like, I need a little break. So I deleted the app. It was really nice and relaxing. Um, and yeah, so we'll take our walk. We'll get back. I'll make coffee. I'll have my breakfast. It's always oatmeal, vegan protein and peanut butter. It's my favorite breakfast. I have it every single day and, um, I'll sit down and do my journal exercise. So I'll just write down my tensions, distractions, my gratitude, my top three 
biggest things for the day and then kind of just start going. And then if I have some time before 8 a.m., I'll read. And I love, um, you know, making sure I have like 30 to 45 minutes to like at least get some sort of reading in in the morning. Again, not doesn't happen every single morning. Ideally it does, but depends on the dog, depends on the day. Um, And then I like to kind of just get started working right away. So I I do have a really organized um, weekly structure. So like not just a morning routine, but like every day of the week has a purpose. So Thursdays are podcast day. Wednesdays are, you know, writing, um, doing coaching calls, stuff like that. Tuesdays are creating video content. Mondays are meetings. Fridays are also meetings and like random wrap up things. So I have a pretty organized week now. I never used to, but when I hired a team, they had a schedule. So I was like, I'll have a schedule too. (laughs) So I kind of have like a nine to five day or like a nine to three or nine to four, depending on the day. Um, Mondays and Fridays, I train at two. And then most other days I train around four and Sundays, Saturdays I take off. I try to take them off as much as possible. Um, if I don't take a Saturday off, there was in January and half of December, I didn't have a Saturday off for like six weeks. And I was like, I'm going to explode. <laughs> I need one day off. So that's kind of just like my weekly routine and then my morning routine. But having structured freedom is really nice for me, at least having the guideline there. And then if it has to adjust, I'm fine with adapting to it. Um, but at least having like one, at least having one of the things that I normally do done. It's not, it doesn't have to be meditating, journaling and reading every single morning. If it's one of those, that's great. So to me, that's like a check off the box of like a morning routine has been completed. Right. And I think that's huge. Um, do you, do you avoid checking any notifications in the morning? I get that question all the time. Like, how do you deal with that? Or like, how do you not get sucked into it? And I was like, well, all my notifications are off. So I don't see it unless I open the app and I just have a rule until my morning routine is done, I just can't open any of them and I just won't. But I like that you just fucking deleted the app. That's a pretty <laughs> smart idea. Well, there, was, there was a point where I noticed myself, my brain was moving really fast and I was like, I'm scrolling at random times during the day when I don't need to be. Like if I had like a little lull in the elevator going from my fourth floor apartment to the, to the ground floor, I would just be scrolling. And then it's, it, I'm human. Like everyone's human and everyone's like, I struggle with not looking at my phone in the morning. Like, so do I like all the time. Um, but at least if you're intentional about it. So like I deleted the app. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take a break just a day. Let me just not have it on my phone. It's not going to kill anybody. No one's going to even, you know, fucking recognize the fact that I'm not there for the day. It's fine. And, um, it was really relaxing. So you notice like when you do those things, it makes a huge difference in your energy. Always going back to the energy thing. Right. right. So yeah, I, do my best to not look at my phone in the morning. On really great mornings, I just turn my notifications off. I jump out of bed. Um, I'll go walk my dog. And then like my day starts around eight or so. And then I'll check my phone. And that's a great day. Some days, not the best. Sometimes I'm like, oh crap, I got sucked in for like 15 minutes or whatever. Let me just, you know, restart kind of. So I'm human too. Um, I definitely have all my notifications off though. Like none of them are on. That's, I think that's huge. So what, what is, uh, what's the business now? I mean, obviously it was fitness coaching, but now I'm getting pretty curious. Like I know you mentor, I know that you do some kind of business coaching, but kind of give us a breakdown of, of like what it is, like what programs you offer, so on and so forth. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. So last year I built two really large programs and that took up a lot of my energy. The first one was a certificate program for fitness coaches to learn how to build an online fitness business. And it's almost like a NASM or an ISSA, obviously not to that scale because it's a new startup business, but we teach nutrition training and client assessment management and business building 
for people who want to be online fitness coaches specifically. So I partnered with my fitness coach, who's been a coach for 10 years. Um, his name's William Grazione, and he is the main content creator for the, the course. So he like, we put everything into it. Like, here's how to adjust someone's macros. Here's how to adjust a carb cycle. Here's, you know, all of these different nutritional aspects, training aspects. Here's how to build a program. And it's all based and catered to the online fitness coach rather than the personal trainer. So we kind of just wanted to differentiate because yeah. it is different and you're doing different things as an online coach than you are as a PT. Yeah. So we wanted to differentiate and kind of be the, like, one of the pioneers. There's a couple of other people that have programs similar to ours, but one of the pioneers for it. So that's been really cool. That took up seven months of our year last year, just building it out. Cause it wasn't one of those things that you can just launch and then, you know, people can, you have to have everything done for that. Like my first online course was a massive certification program. So that's been really cool. It's been really fun to see people go through that. Um, they get like a badge at the end and a certificate that says you went through it. It's not a certification yet. That's a whole other process. Actually, it's like you have to pay a psychometrician to come in and then you have to have testing centers and to get actual like a, um, a certification where you can have CPT or right. online personal trainer. And that's not regulated by the government yet, but it, I think it will be. Yeah. So we're going to, we have that in the back of our minds. Like we want to get it accredited and certified and all that stuff. But right now it's an online educational program and plenty of people are still benefiting from it, whether or not they can take it into a gym and say, I have this thing, but you're not taking it into a gym. You're starting your own business. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, it's a nice thing to have, but it's not a necessity at the end of the day. So that's something that we built last year. It's a thousand dollar program. It's been amazing for so many people. I, you know, I love, I love the program. I think it's awesome. Um, and then I also have a higher price program called the influencer Academy, which is a 90 day program for people that are wanting to build a business online. So a lot of people are health and wellness and fitness coaches, because that was my audience when I first started. Um, and we are going to be opening it, it up to, other kinds of people, influencers or people that want to build an online business and online presence on social media. And we teach them it's, it's a high, high intensity program, like four calls a week. I have a couple of coaches under me. Now we do zoom calls just like this. Um, they're an hour and a half long. We teach about Facebook groups and building an audience and how to use video and how to find your ideal client and sales and like all literally everything. So it's like an all encompassing program, like confidence and you know, how to deal with people criticizing you and all yeah. of these things. So it's, a, it's an all encompassing high intensity program. And at the end of it, we do like a live event every single quarter. Um, it's been amazing. It's been really, really cool. I have this one client who was a assistant manager making $28,000 a year. Like, I don't know how it's legal to pay people just $28,000 a year. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And she, um, went from doing that to now she, she had like 600 Instagram followers and now she has like 16,000 or something like that in a couple of months. She's crushing it. She has like 60 clients or something like that. She's making like a hundred grand a year crushing it. And she started yeah. with me actually a year ago. Like the first iteration of the program was a year ago and she's been in the program and she's actually a coach of mine now too. So nice. she's one of the coaches. Um, so that's been a really cool program. And I'm actually launching a program tomorrow. So by the time this goes up, it'll be open. That's just a $50 a month membership club where I'm going to be doing a training once a month with a larger group of people because I'm like, I have these two higher price things, but I want, you know, oh, you always, yeah. if, you have an, if you have an audience, you want things to be accessible to more people than just a really small amount. And I think when you're first getting started, it's really great to have a higher price thing that's accessible to a niche audience. 
but I, you know, I have a bigger audience and I want people to get that knowledge and get that training and coaching and have that community. Community is huge. Like that, that group is just huge. So I want that to be accessible to more people. So we're doing that. Um, I have an Instagram course coming out in April and then I have a big event coming up in September, which I'm excited about too. So lots of stuff. <laughs> a lot on your plate. The thing I love about all that too is like, as far as the educational stuff, it's applicable. Like, I mean, and nothing yeah. against NASM and these things because I have them too because I have to, but it's it's so much textbook stuff that just like you learn it all and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go train. And then like, and I remember years and years ago when I stepped into the gym, I'm like, I still know, have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. This That didn't right. help, right? So what you're talking about is whether you get a piece of paper or a government certified, whatever, it's applicable, right? And it's teaching you. And plus nowadays, nobody even, like, I don't think I've ever had a client ask me like, well, are you certified? Like <laughs> nobody yeah. ever asked that, right? So I love that. That's huge. Well, I do respect your time. So I'm not going to keep going, even though I feel like we could talk about this shit for hours, probably. We'll do another podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I got, I got one more question though. And this is something sure. I ask all of my uh, guests on the show and it's a personal question. So Mm. The situation is you're on your way to Japan, so it's a long-ass flight, and you're sitting in the middle seat. You got two empty seats next to you, and you can pick anybody to sit next to you, alive or dead, two people, but they cannot be friends or family. Who's sitting okay. next to you on this flight? Okay. Um, one of them is one of my good friends named Lori Harder. She, I don't know if you know who she is, but she is like one of the most amazing humans that I know. Like She's in my mastermind with Lewis Howes, and she's a fitness entrepreneur. She... Um, she's like, she's like so woo woo and spiritual and she helps you get in alignment with your life. And oh, she's amazing. And I just like her presence is very calming and she's very, oh, she's very like relaxing and funny and like amazing to be around. And like, I just, she's so attractive and like her energy is very attractive. Um, so I would have her on my left and she's like my keeping the energy person. Like, I don't know. I just love being around her. And then I'd probably have um, Gary V on my right or something. Who's like the opposite where he's like intense, hustle hard, yeah. ask him a million questions. He'll talk for a time, but he'll also like probably not want to talk and be grinding for a good bit of the flight and uh, sleeping or whatever, because you know, he's busy too. So he wouldn't <laughs> talk too, too much. But if I asked him a question, he would just go off. So I feel like those two would be like a good devil and angel kind of thing. Right. It'd be a good balance. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. So where can everybody find all your stuff before we get off? Um, you can find me at Amanda Bucci on Instagram or amandabucci.com and Bucci Radio Podcast. And that's where you get everything. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Cody. Right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show with Amanda Bucci. I know I took a lot away when I had that conversation with her, not just from uh, entrepreneurship and business, but just everything in general. Like, she's a great example of just being happy, knowing exactly what you want, and just trusting your gut with the process and how much that can do for you. It sounds so simple. But time, patience, and just deliberate grind can do a lot for any aspect of your life if you have a specific goal you want to achieve. Guys, before you jump away, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. The more five-star ratings and reviews I can get, not only does that allow me to rise in the iTunes ranking charts and grow this podcast even more to keep delivering you even more free content, but it also allows me to understand exactly what you guys enjoy. When I see your reviews, I learn so much more about what I need to do to make this podcast better for you, what guests I should bring on, how I should answer Q&As, what topics I should cover. Everything I need to do to make this podcast better from you starts with critiquing the show. So if you can leave me a five-star rating and review, or if you want to hear a specific guest, learn more about me getting on your podcast, have a specific question or topic answered, please email info at boomboomperformance.com and we will get to you as soon as possible. 
one more quick announcement guys i started a youtube channel and it has been crushing lately we literally film three a week so you guys are constantly getting content from every single platform from me if you have any questions that you want answered in very very specific detail you can do that on the show but you can also do that on youtube with a chance to see me go through the sequence, the situation, the problem solving uh, aspect, whatever I need to do to help you get a better result. So head over to the YouTube channel, Boom Boom Performance, check out the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and ask us any question you want answered on the YouTube channel for our Boom Boom Performance Q&A show. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time.